0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Hanger Podcast, episode number 22. Finally feeling it, guys.
1: 22. 22. If you get that
0: reference, you do not get to listen to The Hanger Podcast uh, anymore. What's
1: interesting about that number is it's one year off of your birthday, which is today. We had to mention it, but I'm not going to be weird about it. The thing
0: is, by the time I listen to this, it won't be my birthday.
1: Well, there's a certain sense of nostalgia. It's a Man's birthday. We're going to acknowledge the birthday.
0: That's like your least favorite thing to do is acknowledge people. Does that mean that's we get to true. light
1: something on fire? I like to acknowledge myself more, but that's a different podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. So today on this episode, you guys have challenged me to come up with a topic for us to talk about. Don't blame me for this. Ben has challenged me to come up with a topic on my birthday. So I don't, I don't understand why I'm having to work so hard on my birthday. But um, I've given us four options. And I hope you guys will be willing to choose one. Four if, options. If, yeah, if you hate all four of them, then... That's highly know. likely, don't yeah. you think, Mo? Yeah, well, I came up with them at like 1 o'clock last night, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Yes. So you're going to be chased this week? <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> all right, I want to list them off. You guys ready? Yep. I'm ready. All right, numero uno. Else are you, Mo. Thank you, I appreciate that. <laughs>
2: Glad to feel loved here.
0: All right, number one. What are the biggest mistakes made by, by men starting the hangar journey? Ooh. Number two, friendship. That's all I got. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, number three, setting smart slash right goals. You know, now that you're on the hangar journey. Everything's kind of around the hangar journey. Makes sense. Of, yeah, I think yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. yeah, and number four, state of the nation. What's our role in politics, society,
1: etc.? no that's like debate club and i'm not touching that topic <laughs> all right cool you millennial you state of the nation screwed I, how not, about that it's not the millennial <laughs> problem no, it it's all joke. these 35 year old men that with <laughs> so identity here, issues i will say state of the nation uh horrific friendship <laughs> yes so that takes us down to the yes, a, left yes. left.
2: have friends
1: <laughs> so that takes us down to the other two uh but i can't remember is that uh, mistakes that the hangar men make when starting their journey the biggest yeah
0: Biggest, and not just mis- what well, we can do just mistakes. Biggest mistakes. Mistake. Okay, right.
1: and then uh, what was the other? Setting smart slash right goals. Smart right goals. Ah, I like both those topics. What do you say, man? Why
0: don't we do both? I think they can pertain to each other. Yes. Fix your
2: mistakes. So what are your new goals? Yeah, I think maybe part of the answer to the first question is the second question, right? Yeah. So, like...
0: Maybe we can identify those mistakes, so and then in our little... 10 minute wrap up that always turns into 30 minutes of wrap up. We can talk about <laughs> Says the, the producer. goals.
1: It's not my fault. Maybe we should start answering the questions for the three people that are still listening.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, no, my answer to the question is probably going to be the biggest mistake that hanger men make. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. got bars. That hanger men make when they start their journey is not setting proper goals and planning well. I was going to go the opposite. So, all right, I'll let you guys
1: bat that back you're and forth, the and end 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 then I'll jump what? in. Yeah.
0: Well, all three of us can can rattle it off together, and then we'll go to Ben's, and then all three of us will tackle that. It's friendship, guys. That's what
2: we do. Gentlemen, yes. What you're listening to right together. now is the conversation that should have happened before we started this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just,
1: this is behind the scenes, man. People love this stuff. Yeah. All right, so obviously, if you came up with these questions, you have some sort of answer or idea.
0: No. That's the reason I came up with them, because I wanted the answers.
1: Oh. Well, that means you're first, Mo. Take it away.
0: Oh, man. That make was sure you so have a sneaky. lot of Yeah, you just make
1: sure you have a lot of long pauses where people think their radio just shut out or their iPhone <laughs> ran out of battery. Make sure you do that a lot. That's what I'm here like to the, do, Ben. The world went dark. You don't dark.
2: want me to have... Hey, you don't want me to pause? Maybe tell me what we're talking about before did, did, we get here.
0: Mo, you came up with the topic last week, and there's still 17 pauses. I'm I seriously I checked
2: my
1: phone nine or ten times.
2: Like,
0: shoot, my battery went
1: out.
2: It'd be weird if I didn't, all right?
1: <laughs> All right, Mo. Anyway, so what am I answering? What's what, the question? The mistakes. Yeah. The biggest mistakes hangermen make when and they're
0: starting. it's plural. Starting Don't their just
1: journey. give us one.
2: The biggest mistakes hangermen make yeah, when they're starting eyes. their hangerman journey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, considering that. I, too, am a new hangerman. man. This should be easy to answer. It wouldn't be because I don't make very many mistakes. Mm. <laughs> so mistake number one, a lack of humility. Denial. <laughs> yes, denial. Um, maybe, I, I don't know. The, the first thing that's coming to my mind is that uh, the biggest mistake, maybe one of the biggest mistakes, I won't say the biggest mistake, otherwise everything I say will be that. Um, one of the biggest mistakes the hanger man makes, <laughs> I just enjoy saying that, is um, is is a lack of... Of direction, maybe. I mean, maybe they just. That, that, okay, so they, we we try to. I try to. I'll just talk about me. One of the first things I started doing in this journey of uh, of regaining my masculinity is. Okay, yes, I hear what you're saying. I need to do this. This is exactly what I want. Um, I, I I just want to reclaim my life. I want to reclaim masculinity for myself and for my son and for my family. I'm gonna go do it, and then I just start running. And it's like just running right off. Off the gate, like right? as soon as the the, the fire goes off, the, the the go gun goes, I start taking off running. Meanwhile, it's a it's a, it's not a sprint, you know. It's yeah. not a hundred yard dash. It's not a fifty yard dash. It's a it's a let's make sure that we take this journey. It's more of a ruck, right? It's more of a a hike. So, I think that for me, my initial um, mistake was that I would I started off on my own, even though I had been you know, right there telling me like, Hey, 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 you know, uh, but my initial response was to just go off and start doing things. Like, let me start making moves. Let me start making decisions. Let me just start running towards this masculinity thing without taking a moment to just, um, enjoy the season, maybe not enjoy, but, but observe the season that I'm currently in so that when I move into the next season, I make the decisions where I take care of the, the things that, that I needed to take care of now. Does that make sense? Did I kind of fumble around there a little bit?
1: No, not at all. I think that's, that was, that's really wise. That answer is great. I, what I'm hearing is action without assessment is rarely ever correct. But its action is built within us. We've talked about this on the podcast multiple weeks. I mean, we want to take action. We want to do something, especially when men come to a point of realization at the start of the journey, like, oh, my gosh, I've been trapped or I've basically been living with a wet blanket over me for my entire adult life. And they you realize that you haven't been initiated. I mean, just the world opens up. You know, it's like putting on a, a pair of glasses where you can see color for the first time. You just want to start getting involved with life in a different way and a lot of times if you don't have a good plan and I think we've both experienced this we've had these discussions that you become very disheartened very quickly uh, because you didn't have a plan and you you realize I've been working really hard on this but I've been working in the wrong direction I think I think you're absolutely right I think that's a huge danger at the start of the hangar man journey to come out like you've been fired out of a cannon and then you're working in all sorts of directions and, and most men that I see that get involved with this. They just replace one addiction with another. They don't address the addiction cycle, which we've talked about before, but is binge purge, binge purge, binge purge. They just replace these negative addictions for one that looks more acceptable, especially in the masculine movement. Um, But they're really operating within the same framework that they were before because they they haven't taken the time to assess, to go on that, what we would term the inward journey because we don't really have a template for that. And we don't even know how to ask for it. People have to kind of interrupt your story and you got to be there at the right time. And this is something I think we're struggling with at the hangar is how do we jump into men's stories at the right time to be this for them without that defeating episode? That's usually about, what would you say? A month and a half, two months in, you just go through this dip of defeat Like, maybe I am the man that I thought I was, or I've always been afraid that I was. And really, it's just a natural byproduct of you took action without assessment. (laughs) So you've worked in the wrong direction. Uh, I don't exactly know how to solve that problem, but I do know that it is a problem that I think we need to address, not only
2: inside the hangar, but in in our churches as a whole. I think you talked a little bit about the solution to the problem, which is... One of those answers that we said in the, at the beginning, friendship, yes, you know, well, you talked about um, being there for that person as 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 you are, I mean, that's discipleship, as you are carrying as you are walking with um, a new hangar man, your responsibility as a as a hangerman is to. Be there for him and say, "Hey, this you gotta be careful because these are the things that are gonna happen. I've been there, um, and I and I know and I know it's getting ready to to take place. So I'm gonna be here with you. I'm gonna let you know that I got your back, um, and I'm and I'm not gonna leave you behind. I'm just gonna stay back. I've, I've walked this trail before. I know where we're going. Um, one of the things that makes." makes it so difficult. Some of the stuff that, and, and, and even not just so much as I'm going to run out and do this and start living this life. And it's going to affect me without dealing with this issue for myself, that issue for myself. Like you said, the addiction thing, not having battled the addiction and then just trying to move forward without and just replacing it. Right. Um, is I've been married. For example, me, I've been married to my wife for 13 years and I have lived as a certain man for 13 years for me to just one day flip a switch and try to become a different man is going to have an incredible impact on my family. They're not going to know how to take it. They're not going to. So if I just come out and I walk in the house one day and say, ah, I'm a man, I'm going to start acting like a man. I'm going to start doing this, 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 and this. The chances are, I'm going to get a lot of pushback. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We have a pattern here of the way we do life. So you're not just going to come in here and, and tell me how to do life now differently So I think for me, that was the biggest mistake that I made was thinking that because I have found this truth, because I found this truth, my wife and my children are going to immediately see things that way. You know, when I tell my daughter who's 16, I need you to have your phone charging in the kitchen or in my room instead of in your room. Meanwhile, all this time she's had it in her room. There's going to be some pushback. You know, when I tell my wife, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about our finances. We're going to talk about our plans, our kids, our calendars, and we're going to line everything up together. Well, wait a minute. We've never done that. You know, why are we going to start doing that now? What's going on here? You know, or when I start saying, hey, woman, (laughs) you know, and I don't mean that in a chauvinist way, but when I say, listen, I'm a grown man. You know, I, I think that this is the decision I'm going to make, and I'm, I'm going to make it with, with you in mind. I, you should trust that I'm making this decision for the best of all of us, the whole family. You know, things like that. I don't know if, if that was maybe too far, but anyway, when you go and, and start trying to live this new journey out and apply the things that you've learned without taking into consideration the hearts of the people that have been with you throughout the rest of the journey, that's a huge mistake.
1: I couldn't agree more. I was thinking that would be my number one answer is the assumption of understanding. And here's how it worked for me. Just, I, mean, I love the way we're getting honest about ourselves instead of trying to be all pastoral. How it worked for me is I just had this assumption of understanding and that didn't happen because I did set patterns in my life that were unhealthy in my marriage, in my parenting, in my approach to my job even uh, outside the church, those things were not healthy. I mean, they weren't off the rails, but they weren't good either. And then God started doing something in my life, in my heart, in my mind. Uh, He just started changing who I am. He started fathering me into the man I think he desired for me to be 15 years prior i just started to listen and i gained a new understanding about my approach to life what it is to be a man i got swept up in the masculine movement that's happening even outside of the the church in america and i just assumed that everyone around me would understand what was going on inside me and that didn't happen uh and then the next phase of that is that i started to demand understanding Uh, which really got me in a lot of trouble. So uh, the fact that you don't understand takes me off, and I'm going to demand that you understand. So the crazy thing was I was taking a healthy masculine journey and packaging it in a total BS way and asking everyone around me to be happy about it. So I had to wrestle with that for a while, and um, in that wrestling, I became bitter so, I don't know if this is a process that every hanger man going to go through, but most hangermen men need to be prepared for the people around you not understanding your shift in direction. And you can't respond like I did with trying to force people to understand your shift in direction, because then that's going to result in you just being bitter to everyone in your life that really many of those people got us placed in your story to help you along. And if you're stiff arming them, you're not going to be able to pursue health for the long term. Uh, for me, the answer to that was becoming more verbal. Uh, And less, you know, physical uh, with the demanding posture and actually opening up to people about what was going on inside me internally. And in the beginning, I will be honest with you, and I know as a guy who's a pastor, this is going to be weird to come out of my mouth, but it was very awkward having to explain to people my internal journey because it was so intimate. I mean, the stuff that God was doing in my life was very, very personal. And to open that up to other people exposed me. I was vulnerable in a way that in the beginning, I really didn't like. But as I started opening up and explaining to my wife, here's what's going on with me. And I don't have all this figured out, but I've taken these couple of steps. As I started to explain to my bosses at the time, man, I'm, I'm going through this right now and I don't know exactly what that means. Then all of it started to change for me. Then understanding was extended my way because they were given enough information to, to figure out what's going on. It's not natural for men to want to express what's going on inside of them. I don't know why. I haven't read all the sociology books to know why that's the case, but it's just not natural for us. But I think it, that's one of the number one mistakes putting those two things together. You assume people are going to understand and you also assume you don't have to explain to anyone because you understand it so clearly and that
2: can get you in a big mess in fact it'll, it'll cause you to quit if you're not careful so i think that having ag- acknowledged that this would be one of the if not the top mistake that a hangerman man makes and i say top because that's where it comes chronologically in the journey right you know right there in the beginning of the journey is when you're excited about something and you move on so to kind of move on to the next one, I just want to close this um, section out. You know, this, this the answer is like let's give a practical how to. So, how do you how do you resolve this issue? A, I think, is recognizing that it's potentially an issue when you start feeling that excitement towards moving into another leg of your journey or moving into the direction that you realize is correct is is, is truth. Then remember that that excitement can lead you into thinking. Unclearly. So, the the second B to that answer of how to how to combat that would be to make sure you're walking with someone. Make sure you're walking with someone intentionally and closely. Somebody you're checking in with regularly that can hear these uh, these things coming out into the discussion of how your day your week is gone. And say, hey, whoa, 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 pull back on the reins. Let me re- remind you of this um, and trust that person. But then three would be to be verbal about it. Make sure that you are taking the time to express to those people around you how, imp- how important this journey is and where you're headed. Right? You know, like don't, don't just start acting differently. You know, I remember when part of my journey was <laughs> was changing careers. You know, and I remember sitting down and having the conversation with my, my boss and saying, This is what's important to me. I've lost sight of that. And these are the moves that I'm making towards that. And ultimately, what it came down to was my values were different than your values. So we parted ways, you know, um, very difficult and it had a really big impact on my family. But when I was in a, in a place where I was able to, verbally explain to my family why this thing was happening and what's going to be better for it it was it was so much easier for them to take in fact they embraced the change
1: night and day difference and i i'm thinking back to what are some practical steps made a difference for me in this the first is that i need to talk to somebody about this that my sex life doesn't depend on we say, don't take your weakness uh, to the woman. I don't want that to be misinterpreted. You're, you're, the women in your life or the predominant woman, if you're married in your life, does need to understand where your weaknesses are uh, because you are meant to be one together, but unprocessed weakness is very dangerous to take to a woman. I can't say that enough for the hangar man. So how do you process it? You talk to another man about it where all these issues aren't aren't clouded. Uh, Men are able to understand and translate the language that other men are using better. There's just no mistaking that. The second thing that worked for me, so I went to talk to other men about it that I knew I could trust. And even some I didn't know if I could trust. I was able to use some of these issues as a test. Can I trust you? Uh, the second thing I did is I had this conversation with myself on paper over and over and over again. And I know, some, you know, it's as Christians, we have a terrible reputation of we're just always somewhere with a cup of coffee and a journal. And So I don't mean that. I mean, you don't have to feel like pages and pages and pages with stuff like that. But I do think that you need to sit down and start writing this stuff down. You have this conversation. Preparation is so good. You have this conversation with yourself and you figure out, well, I said it that way on paper, but I kind of don't like that. That way, when you go into these conversations with other people about what God's doing in your life, you're not greeting them with confusion. You're able to spit it out with some sort of clarity because you've had this conversation already. You know, even if it's just on a post-it note in the on the commute, just figuring out what words you would use to describe what God is doing in your life at the start of the hangar journey so did this uh those answers to this question did they cause more questions for you
0: no no I don't I definitely don't think they did I think they're actually very good answers and honestly ones that I would expect as the answers to those mistakes if that makes sense yeah and I think another thing that I would add on to it and it may just be like a summation of what you said is like don't underestimate the amount of change that can happen like you obviously you know that there's going to be change but don't underestimate like the impact that it can have on your life like i had to like speaking of friendship uh, i don't have a you know like a family that i have to take care of or anything but like i had a certain group of friends that i cared a lot about and then when i decided just to make that switch like i had i, I tried my best to still be able to hang out with them and like you know let those be the people that depend on and stuff like that but you you can't do that with people that whose values don't line up with you no mm. those those former you friends um can't be the people you were just mentioning they can't be your stronghold for for when things start to like not make sense for you because they don't they they won't understand what you're going through and so i had to i had to completely change the direction of my life whenever i made the switch like i was I was on the road to go to a four-year college or finish up my last two years at a four-year college, and like I had to just take a look at myself and say, "There's, there's literally no way I would survive doing that," because like I was, I was too unstable at the time, so I had to uh, drop everything and start interning at a church, <laughs> so that I wouldn't just ruin everything. You said to insulate, right? Right, and then that turned odd You know, odds are that I just turned into a job, so. And it, it may be weird taking advice like this from a now twenty-three-year-old. Look, at you, I don't know. Happy birthday! <laughs> but, uh, but I, I think that, that that is one aspect of the journey that I think I understand better than probably some people will. Just because not not every, this is not me. This is not a brag. But like not everybody's had the ability to just drop their friend group because they knew it wasn't good for them.
1: Oh, I want to break in and congratulate you for that, man. I want want to celebrate that. And men need to hear what this actually sounds like. That was a gutsy decision. It took courage. Most men your age don't have the guts to do that. In fact, I would probably say, I don't know if you're with me on this, Mo, but the percentage of men that are listening to this that have been willing to take that step is probably very, very low. And what they heard when you were giving that answer was, crap, I've got to do that. You know, I've got to give up my time at the bar after work with these guys that are really taking me nowhere. And the fact that you mentioned that you love them, you care about them, that makes that even even more difficult. I see so many men at the beginning of their hanger journey that are trying to be better men, but the men around them could care less about being better men. Right. And they're certainly met with a lot of anger. Uh, we've talked about kind of the responses of women so far, but the response of men, man, men know how to cut one another. And, and to stop growth and stop maturity very quickly by addressing weaknesses in the men that they know. So I just congratulate you, man, for being uh, the kind of man that would be willing to take that step and actually be misunderstood by society. I'm not going to pursue this four-year education, which is what everybody in the American South feels like they're supposed to do. I'm going to work for a church, you know, <laughs> an upside-down institution in America right now. Uh, I'm going to link up with older men that don't have my music taste and are pretty confusing at times. At They're the just...
0: time they did it, but you've come around. That's
1: right. We've come around. Yeah. <laughs> our sense of humor is very, very <laughs> 90s. You know, uh, you put up with that. So I, I just congratulate you, man. I think in your answer, hangermen men are going to hear a challenge.
2: Yeah. And I think that your answer also leads really well into what I think is uh, another mistake that hangermen men make. How many um, times are you going to say that in 30 minutes? As many times as possible. <laughs> that's We're right. going to turn it into a little jingle <laughs> that's here. Right, that's right, um, that's right. Is that it's, you've you've said it, we've said it many times on the podcast, which is that there is an obvious masculine movement happening mm-hmm. inside of the church, but also outside of the church. It's almost as if uh, someone out there knows that men in the church are working towards becoming men, godly men, men that model their lives after the only perfect man. Right. Um, And so there's this counter attack happening. There's this counter movement that is, I'm going to take the, the same idea and I'm going to implement um, opposite ideals. Right. So meaning like, there is a masculine movement where they're pushing, like, this is what a man looks like. And then we're here joining the, the movement in the church that's saying, no, 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 God has given us the perfect example of what a man looks like, and these are the characteristics, and this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to reclaim manliness. Meanwhile, there's another group out in the world trying to reclaim manliness, too. And I don't mean out in the world, like, oh, we're the church to the world. I mean, like, just out in the world, like, just out there. Um, so... One of the mistakes that I made was to blur the line and start seeing that this masculine movement that is designed to take me or to take me away from what we're trying to fix here at the hangar is absolutely not the same masculine movement. Just because it's celebrating manliness in the way that the world defines manliness, it doesn't mean that it's um, the healthiest version of manliness, right? So it's, hey, they recognize that men need to be men and that we need to go back to our primal kind of um, cravings, I'll say. But they're doing it in a way that has been the, the problem all along. They're just repackaging it, you know. Um, and what we're trying to do is we're trying to say, no, 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 new wine, new wineskins. You know what I mean? This is a new package for a new product. What we're trying to do is, is reclaim what it was supposed to be, put it the way that it was supposed to be, which is the way that that we haven't been doing it all along. So the mistake is that we blur these lines and it's very easy to start moving towards the other one because it's what's prominent, right? It's what everyone's doing. As I look at it, here's what I see. I see All these uh,
1: men's movements and guys that are, their, their podcasts are popping up and websites are popping up. I see them selling determination without discernment. And I don't see that in masculinity biblically. When I do see it in masculinity biblically, it is very quickly held accountable. We are trying to sell as hangar men determination with discernment. And that's a word I think that's probably going to confuse a lot of men. What is discernment? So let's just give a little test run here. What is you guys would define the word discernment, what would that sound like?
2: It would be, uh, for me, discernment is just, it's. I mean, it's being able to look into the situation and recognize where it's going, right? Where it's taking me, where it's headed. So an example would be, um, or, yeah, an example would be. All right, so I'm in a relationship or in a conversation with this guy. We're hanging out, we're talking, and my discernment would tell me whether or not this is the guy I need to be hanging out with. This is the guy, what he's saying, where his posture is, where is that taking me? What direction will I be going if I take this walk with him, right? Yeah. Does that sound close to true to you?
0: Yeah, I literally would just said choosing the proper path or having the ability to choose the proper path.
1: Yeah, so I think discernment follows a couple of questions. Um, for me, this is how I practice discernment. I ask this question, what's this really about? That leads me to a discerning posture. The second step of that, though, I think some guys that are like calling people to go to the beaches of California and lay down with telephone poles and let the surf, you know, <laughs> there's tons of those guys out there right now. They they would talk about being discerning about what's really happening, what you really have inside you, your grit, uh, all that. They would t- talk about it in that way. But I'm talking spiritually discerning so not just saying what is this really about but asking god the question what what would you have me do here what do you want me to not do here being able to have that sort of conversation with God so that God can guide and direct what's going on. Uh, it's an old prayer. If you if you sit down and pray with a, a gentleman who's in his 60s, you're going to hear him say this phrase, lead, guide, and direct us. That's something that they learned back in the day, and we've kind of lost that. Uh, but I think I don't want to get involved with a masculine movement that is just telling me to be determined. You're right. That's just an old message, bootstrap, work harder. I want to hear a masculine movement, and that's why we're injecting it inside of that the hangerman movement and as soon as it becomes not this i'm out we need to be about having discernment in our determination and men are not real practiced in that i'm not real practiced in that the reason i could call those two questions up so quickly is that i'm just now learning to ask them more so yeah I, I agree with you i think we've talked about the enemy bastardizing the masculine movement and it's all become about you know testosterone levels and beards and conquering women and being strong and walking into your house like a jerk and leading your home and all that stuff, being able to be a hunter-gatherer. But for me, that's just that's a shadow of the idea. But a lot of us are falling for it. Even if you look inside the church, they'll start doing things initially in their masculine movement that kind of look that way.
2: Yeah, just the other day, uh, yesterday, it was just yesterday. We were sitting in a big group of people. I mean, not big, but in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a group of people talking about a man who's going to come and hang out with us and teach us some things. And I, and I jokingly, I mean, it was very, uh, really jokingly, because I am a guy with a big beard. You know what I mean? And I just so, that's could you mark it down? He mentioned it another week, so I lost twenty two in one. a row. <laughs> twenty two <laughs> in a row, and I am, uh, and I'm also a guy who just loves to eat meat <laughs> you know what i mean um and i was a joke because and and, and this is almost an apology but it was a joke that oh d- my question is does he have a beard no well then i can't trust him you know and then the the next the next comment was you know he's he's not eating meat i was like a man who doesn't have a beard nor e- does he eat meat well, i can't trust him in no way there's no way i'm trusting him you know right. and it was just a, obviously it was a joke but the 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 point that I was making with that story was that because of the masculine movement outside of where where we're trying to move, right? Outside of, of I say outside of the church, I don't know how I'm trying to differentiate between the two, but just so I can clarify what I'm saying, um, the masculine movement outside of the movement that's happening within the church is so strong in talking about what a man looks like, does and should be that we're alienating a group of men who look different and do different things, but are still men, you know, and I'm going to say this, Ben, and, uh, and I don't know, but a man can still be a man wearing skinny jeans, I'm I'm literally right here. I literally just fell out of my
1: chair. Uh, I get it. I get it, man. These guys that are that are messing this movement up, they've got a PhD in the outside, but they're like in kindergarten or pre-K on the inside work. They think they know the inside work because they can use a lot of like Winston Churchill speeches, (laughs) but it's so much deeper than that. And I think that's why we hold up Jesus all the time, uh, because he was able to get down to the internal. If if you really look into when Jesus was interacting with people, you'll see these phrases a few times and we skip them a lot in the church. But they say that Jesus looked at a man and he knew what was going on in his heart. I want to be that kind of man. I want to be able to look at myself in the mirror and know what's going on in my heart. I also want to look at a fellow hangar man, whether he's in crisis or he's stable, and I want to be able to determine what's going on in his heart.
2: Yeah, I was thinking about when you talked about Winston Churchill, you know, all these great men. That people point to as a picture of manliness. The mistake that they make is he was a great leader, a great wartime leader, a great motivator, and a great, you know, all of these things but what they forget to focus on is all of the characteristics of that man that made him that great leader, that made him that great military mind. It was his characteristics outside of the spotlight that brought him to where he is. Now, there are great minds great military minds who did awful things whose character was different but we're also talking to the talking about them in different ways right you know what you can be super strong you can be a great military mind you can be all of these things but if your character sucks then we're just going to be talking about you on the wrong side of history
1: ooh big words of accountability I'm still rolling around that phrase about blurring the lines. I'm going to have to think about that more. I think maybe I've made that mistake more than I'm ready
2: to admit right now. Great. That's a great question, man. Yeah. Yeah, I want to celebrate the fact that um, you celebrated Chase. And (laughs) it's not just because it's your birthday, Chase. We just don't show you enough love on the podcast. I just want to let you know that um, the fact that you opened up with four questions and it wasn't about a comment that you had to make on the issue on the subject it was no I am starting this masculine journey and I want to know like these are the questions the, the fact that you're even willing to ask hey I'm on this journey what are some of the mistakes that I that, that are that are most commonly made so that I don't make them there no nobody asks those questions
1: nobody I'd love to be answering that question so much every day that I find I have a problem actually doing my job. If more men were asking questions like what you just asked, we would probably be kicking the can a lot further down the road. I agree with that. So, we have another, I think there's another question we haven't even addressed yet. Do we have time to do that today? What? The habits or plan or patterns. Didn't you bring that up as a second question?
0: Uh, I just said, like, Proper goals or like proper smart goals, yeah. Which I and mean, we kind of been doing, but I feel like you have an idea where you want to go somewhere. Well, we got a little time.
1: No, I don't. It just intrigued me in thinking about goals. I mean, I guess maybe fix it. <laughs> maybe <laughs> I've just stopped there. Uh, but when I, I start thinking about goals, man, goals are just very intimidating for me. So I don't, I don't really set them that often.
0: I think if you're looking for a good place to start in your search for proper goals and this is this is not a shameless plug this is like i I think it's just a good fact if this is like your first podcast or like first episode of the hangar to tune into then you've missed a lot of good proper goals to follow because you can track back the first 21 episodes that we've done and i think whether it was us or the guests we brought in heck We've had Philip Thurman on here like three times, right? And every time he's challenged
1: people. Mr. Goals.
2: Yeah. <laughs> just that, listen that is, to all of those. Yes. <laughs> yes,
0: literally. But uh, so if you're looking for proper goals, go back and listen to these other episodes that we've had. Because I think one thing that you two guys are really good at doing is challenging people to do more than what they're currently doing. And I think the way we always close our episodes is with a good healthy challenge and that's what a goal is it's a challenge to step up to right
2: good point you know i had a thought about goals the other day i'm very nervous suddenly you ought to be <laughs> um you know because I, I think goal setting is important i mean i only i think that way because everything i read says so right goal setting is important you know long-term goals short-term goals know, oh, 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 oh. I mean, that's hard for me to do um and i woke up the other day thinking about you know My goal for today is to be pure. And my prayer was, God, let me be pure today. Help me be pure today. And I started thinking, tomorrow, I'm going to ask the same thing. Do I have goals and dreams? Is there a vision that God has given me for my life? Yes. Would it be wise for me to sit down with a pencil and paper and learn how, like you said, I just took a note, writing things down makes it easier to articulate and to understand it. That's important. But I'm wondering if by setting goals and making a plan today, I want to live this way. I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. I'm not going to worry about Friday. I'm not going to worry about the party that I've been invited to, to go watch the fight. I'm going to worry about today. And I'm just going to set the goal that today I won't look at this. Today, I won't drink this. Today, I won't say this. Today, I want you, God, to keep me pure. I love that. I think that calls back to
1: way back in the history of man where the 24 hour cycle was dangerous. And if you made it to sunset, you've done something really, really good for yourself. And maybe a lot of this business language and this how to better yourself stuff that we've been exposed to in our current generations has deceived us a bit into thinking so much about the long term goal that we're not worried about the short term goal and we catch ourselves being surprised by things that we should have been ready for. Uh, I think I'm going to start implementing that. I'm, I admit already that goals are difficult for me to think about. It's just not my personality. I like to live in the moment. So that really resonates with me, to borrow a, a Christian word. That really resonates with me to think, today I'm going to be about this uh, because I know that things are going to come against me to keep me from being about that. Uh, one thing that I have implemented in my life in the past month that has made a big difference if, I guess you could call it a goal and I'm and I'm meeting it. I'm proud of that. Is to create some space in my life to be quiet and to be alone and to not have responsibilities. And that's difficult because for me that has to happen at five in the morning. And I hate getting out of bed, just generally, at all, for anything. So to get out to get up out of bed early, but I have noticed that my soul is full for the rest of the day. If I can have even just one cup of coffee And having that space to not be anything for anybody and just to be before my father, the one who made me, and to ask him questions. You know, are you proud of me? Uh, If I don't ask God first, are you proud of me? Then I go to every other man and every other person in my life all day long asking them to answer that question. I've noticed that about myself. And that is a crappy way to be with people because people don't want to answer that question for you every day. But I found God answering it in, in really new and fresh ways for me. So my goal is to get that space in my life on a very regular basis.
2: I think it's important because here, uh, my, my thought is that vision is greater than ambition. Ambition can take you places, but vision will take everyone around you. So when you have a clear vision and when you take that time to get alone, when you take that time to sit before your father and say, you know, where are you taking me and help me to get there today, that's kind of walking in that vision, you know what I mean? It's kind of allowing the vision to carry you where ambition is, is very powerful. I think God created humans with an incredible ability uh, of willpower and to do amazing things. But you're still limited and you're going to leave some people behind in the process. I think when you're living in a godly vision, when you're living in the vision that God has given you for your life and you're working that out daily, daily, then you're not only going to find yourself moving towards that, that goal, but you're going to find yourself bringing others with you.